Why, hello, lovely people of Heart of Dating. Welcome back to another mini series episode today. Now, we had a powerful episode this week with Sammy and Spencer Robbins on the podcast. Honestly, you guys, they're some of my new favorite people. I just love them. And it was an epically long episode because I just could not stop talking to them. The work that they are doing is so life-giving and so transformative. I am so grateful and definitely encourage you guys to go and connect with them. Now in chapter two of my book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, I write about my own experience of self-hatred. And I also talk about how the main way self-hatred has shown up for me, which is by shaming previous versions of myself and keeping the deepest parts of my soul small and hidden. Now the funny part is, those parts of us are still inside of us. Like, it's not like us shaming it or compartmentalizing those parts of us just makes it go away. Like, they are there and they do affect us. Whether we want to heal them or not, they are there. Now, the ways I experienced self-hatred especially showed up with my childhood self. While I was in a group therapy session at a place called Onsite, which is in Cumberland, Furnace, Tennessee, it's an amazing group therapy retreat center. I talked about it previously in some other podcasts. Carlos Whitaker and I talked about it. He's been there and I talk about it frequently in my book, but I was there in a group therapy session and I remember my therapist, Lynn, asked me to show compassion to the young version of myself. We were doing a thing called a sculpt, and this is where you have a group of people. You're doing group therapy, and you pick different people to represent different people in your life. So your mom, your dad, your brother, whoever it is. And then you also pick somebody to represent you, the young version of yourself and your inner child. And so she had me looking at my the young version of me in my inner child. And she wanted me to show compassion to that young version of myself, but I just couldn't do it. I wanted to resist with all of my might. And I even remember saying in that moment, I said, honestly, I don't want to look at her. She represents all I've worked to change. I'm not that girl anymore. Instead of having compassion, I had such disdain for the ways I was in previous versions of myself, especially my childhood little Kate self. The self-hatred was real and it ran so deep. I remember hating the ways in which I was selfish, all the people I couldn't impress, all the times that I yelled and threw temper tantrums, all the moments I tried to control and manipulate others just so I could feel a sense of normalcy, all the times I pinched others to make them feel inferior, make myself feel bigger and better, all the girlfriends I was mean to all the instances when I thought my parents didn't care about me, which sent me into doing some pretty terrible things as a child. For years, I stuffed down these things under layers of anger and shame, all the while covering it all up with a shiny veil of performance, pretending I was the best at all the things that I put my hands to. Now, performance has always been my go-to MO and pretty much my numbing device, if you will. Now, in chapter two, I talk about my moment of breakthrough in this therapy session, the moment I finally peeled back the layers of shame and I took a look at the version of myself underneath all of the anger and all of the hatred. And it was in that profound moment that I realized why I showed up this way as a child. All that version of me wanted was for someone to really care for her, someone to really see her, to hear her, to understand her. All she wanted was just someone, anyone at all, to embrace all of her just as she was. And in this moment, in this therapy center, 
For the first time, I felt like I could truly tap into this magical, soul-filling emotion of self-compassion. For the first time, I saw behind the curtain and I had grace and love for myself, even when I showed up in ways that I previously didn't like. For the first time, I realized that the things that led me to show up that way as a child, they were things that weren't that fair. No wonder I wanted people to like me. No wonder I just wanted to be seen. No wonder I tried to control my friendships. I felt so not control at my own home. No wonder I threw big temper tantrums. I just wanted someone to care about how I was feeling. Finally, it all made sense why I showed up that way. I say this in my book. We were never built to carry a weighted blanket of self-hatred, but unless we courageously dig through the layers, and unless we can find a dose of self-compassion, our true identity will suffocate under the layers. Oh, that's so real and so true. So here are some examples that you might be disconnected from the deepest parts of your soul and from your inner child. Maybe you have a deep fear of being rejected or being abandoned. Maybe you have some codependent tendencies. Maybe your boundaries are weak or maybe too rigid out of self-protection. Maybe you're ashamed of expressing emotions like sadness or anger. Maybe you have issues trusting people and maybe you even have issues trusting yourself. Maybe you don't like conflict and you cling to people pleasing at all costs to avoid it. Maybe you have some addictive tendencies. Friend, only you can identify these things. You're gonna have to be brutally honest with yourself here, okay? But here's the deal, okay? I'm pretty positive that between you and all of these tendencies is an innocent and deep part of your soul that is just aching for your love and for your attention. So let's talk about this deep part of your soul. Many refer to it as your inner child. It's like the childlike part of your soul, the innocence that God created at birth. It's many things that make you, you, who you are. And it's also the part of your soul that may have been wounded as a child, that have undergone some sort of trauma as a really innocent, pure son or daughter. It's also the part of you that can help you to understand why you react the ways that you do sometimes to the world or to pain that comes your way. Your inner child may flare up now and again. It may flail its arms and be speaking to you in the form of a trigger. But honestly, all it's trying to do is tell you something, warn you of something, speak to you, communicate to you. I also say this in chapter two of my book. Underneath all the shame, there's innocence and wonderment and creativity and purity, a part of you that's holy and perfectly lovely, but that part of you is waiting for you to see her and most importantly, accept her or him if you're a guy. When you give yourself permission to connect with your inner child, you guys, something magical happens. You become more self-aware of the inner workings of your soul. You more clearly understand your strengths and your weaknesses and your motivations. But you have to choose to connect with this part of yourself. You have to choose to dive through the layers and get curious. The journey to self-compassion isn't a one-time job. It is continual and it is absolutely necessary for thriving throughout our lives. But as you work that muscle of self-compassion, I promise you it becomes easier and easier to use it and to turn to it. So my question for you today is, what can you do today to break the shame and stop the cycle of blocking this part of your soul and instead start listening to it and loving on it? Here are a few things that have helped me. 
I started regularly planning activities that allowed me to be free and childlike and joyful. So as you guys all know, I'm in SoCal, all right? So I made a lot of trips to Disneyland. And yes, I do this as an adult because it helps me to connect with childlike parts of myself that have been living, that are in me, but that I don't always get to express. I also did other childlike activities such as crafting because I loved doing that as a child. Another thing I did is I took up coloring because it helped me get out of my brain and just immense myself and creativity as I scribbled between colors and just was able to focus. It worked that other side of my brain that doesn't often get worked. I also began reading novels because honestly, my brain needed a break from some self-help books, even though I love them, y'all, but I also needed to read something creative. I just got lost in the fun stories and the imagery. And I remember as a child loving to read novels. I also started practicing guided meditation to really instill a habit of quieting my mind and connecting with that part of my soul. Meditation will help us to better connect to the inner workings of our complex and beautiful minds and souls. And for anyone who's feeling skeptical about that right now, I'm telling you that meditation is something that even Jesus practiced. It is just a practice of quieting our minds and getting intentional with stillness. And stillness is a spiritual discipline, you guys. So meditation, just meditating on the word of God, meditating on the deepest parts of your soul, listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying within you, connecting to your heart and to your soul. It is so important important. So today I want to challenge you. What childlike things can you do to connect with your inner child? What can you do to practice paying attention to all of these vulnerable parts of yourself? And how can you start speaking to yourself and your inner child with more love and compassion? Today is the day you start breaking through these layers of self-hatred. Maybe you don't fully hate yourself, but maybe you are dipping your toes in those waters Part of this just means you have to connect with all parts of yourself and give yourself so much love and compassion on this journey. Friends, I'm so grateful for you each and every time you listen to this podcast. Thank you for walking alongside of me. And if this is resonating with you, I just would encourage you, pre-order my book, Thank You for Rejecting Me. comes out on February 16th. You can get it right now. And that helps me, honestly, a lot as an author. And the reason I am here every week sharing about that is because I believe in the messages of this book. You know, it's so vulnerable to even ask you to buy my book or pre-order my book. It really is because I'm like, oh my gosh, these are my most vulnerable stories all written down. But I do it and I press past all the fears that may be bubbling up because I need to lean into bravery and courage on this one because I know that God had me write this for a reason and I know that these words are going to help you. And maybe not just you, maybe somebody else in your life, maybe this could be an amazing gift that you give to someone who's really struggling right now or that you see is just has a lot of things bubbling to the surface. This can help them process through those things so they can walk in more fullness and more victory and more healing. All right, friends. So if you want to do that, you can go to tyfrm.com. Thank you for rejecting me.com. Or, you know, you can find it wherever books are sold as well. All right, guys. Love you. Can't wait for next week. I'll see you then. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 